Hi, this is Mark Hope. Has out-of-control inflation, gas prices, and grocery costs wrecked your wallet? Then check into automated day trading with Trading Made Easy. Trading Made Easy has spent five years helping people put cash in their pockets with their simple-to-use day trading software. So if you're ready to leave that 9-to-5 job behind, visit TradingMadEasy.com or call 800-971-4160 to sign up for a free live training seminar right now. That's TradingMadEasy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame. Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. Holy crazy timing, Batman. Oh, Woo! Yikers. Welcome to the Mark Hoke Show, everybody. <laughs> Fish! Yes, sir. Andrew Fish Fade sticking around for hour number two on the show. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm fantastic. We get to talk to one of the killer bees, baby. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. We are so excited today. We're going to be Brian Blair on the show in just a little bit. Of course, this is the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment from around the world. I'm your host, Mark Hoke, Andrew Fish Fiend. And I switched positions, by the way. The producer bailed out, so I'm producing the show as well. And uh, shall we say cutting things close? <laughs> yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. So, you know, it's st- just so I can catch my breath and have a little fun, what do you say we get our guest on the show? And I got to tell you, a guy who is ensconced in professional wrestling history. Ensconced? Yes. Nice. Yes, he is. Bzzz. Yes, he is. Of course, everybody... Stop it! Fish! Easy! He should have had come in with a music sting. Oh, my God. Will you stop? Holy cow. But, of course, he's going to be in in town here for the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, event here at the Plaza on the 26th through the 28th. This is going to be a lot of fun, and we are very excited to have on the show... B. Brian Blair, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you, my friend? Doing well. It just got you out of church, huh? <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what, you and Andrew are entertaining, and it's worth it. I love you guys. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and it's just a pleasure to have you on. You know, I've been a wrestling fan since uh, early 80s, and you guys are always one of my favorite tag teams. So to have you on is an absolute pleasure. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Thank you very much, Andrew. So, first off, tell everybody a little bit about how you got into professional wrestling, because it's a really fascinating story. Uh, How did you do it? Well, to those who haven't read my book, Truth Be Told, available on Amazon, cheap plug there. um, (laughs) Oh, it was coming, uh, trust me. Which would uh, spell all that out. Quite simply, uh, I've been an athlete all my life. I was raised very poor. I've lived on my own since I was right before my 16th birthday. And, um, you know, to occupy my time, because um, I didn't want to go home to arguing and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
have uh, five, uh, four siblings, and so um, and of course I'm the oldest, and uh, I just uh, indulged my uh, whole life into um, into scholastics and into sports, and I wrestled since I was in um, junior high school, um, middle school, uh, high school, college, and. Um, uh, I used to um, occasionally uh, get a write-up in the newspaper, and then a guy named Andrew, Andy Hardy from Channel 13 here in Tampa, uh, he had me on the show, and I borrowed a tie from my dad. I never had a tie, and um, so I got a tie from my dad, and it was, now when I look back at it, it was a big, fat tie. <laughs> anyway, he, he liked the fact that I came dressed and, uh, you know, respected him, and um Eddie Graham and Steve Kern and Jack Briscoe and a lot of the guys used to go around to the dual meets because Eddie Graham was big on amateur wrestling and um, they kind of knew my backstory and they um, knew that I was um, I actually had the most letters in the history of my high school. Um, I lettered uh, it's three year high school, three years in uh, football, three years in um, wrestling, uh, two in baseball. And one in track and field, which is very difficult to do. But yeah, it's nine time. letters. That's that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, in three years, it's pretty difficult to do because some of the season overlaps. But anyway, we, um, I got an opportunity. Um, had uh, met Buddy Colt uh, as well, um, and between uh, Buddy Colt and Jack Briscoe. Um, uh, and Eddie Graham, I uh, was given an opportunity to go to the dungeon in at 106 North Albany Street in Tampa, where they turn people into pretzels and <laughs> they run people off generally. And they don't, you know, unless you. Uh, to give you an example, the three and a half summers I trained, um, the out of over a hundred people, the only other two guys that made it were Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Wow. Very difficult, um, very very difficult. But um, uh, that's how I started. That is amazing, and and you know, just hearing that story just shows how deep you are into the true history of professional wrestling from the territory days all the way up until now. And you know, one one territory that you know, I think some people sometimes forget a little bit about championship wrestling from Florida. But the talent that came out of there, and of course you won titles in there, was absolutely amazing. And I remember when I was a kid that I, when I got to see that on cable, I was so excited. I'm like, because I, I'd seen it in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I'm like, ooh, what's this Kevin Sullivan guy and all this kind of stuff. And I was just fascinated with Florida wrestling, and you were a, a big part of that. Tell everybody a little bit about championship wrestling from Florida and what it was like being among such an incredible talent roster you guys had down there. Oh, you're you're correct. Uh, did you live in New York? Uh, Pennsylvania, uh, South Central Pennsylvania. PA. Okay. I, I okay. saw you at Hershey Park Arena. Yeah, the tape went up there from WTOG 44, and uh, all the wrestlers in the business wanted to go through Florida because of the beautiful weather. Uh, the payoffs were good. Um, the trips were short. Um, you know, some of the territories you go to, you're doing you know, uh, three, 4,000 miles a, a week and uh, just absolutely insane. And Florida was, um, you know, seven night a week, uh, uh, sometimes double shots on Sunday and uh, two, sh two shots for TV on Wednesday before Miami. 
but um, you know you were busy and you were, but you could be back at home in Tampa every night. And um, it's just, uh, I mean, from superstar Billy Graham, Don Morocco, Jimmy Garvin, uh, Joe LaDuke, I mean, you can go on, Pat Patterson, Ivan Koloff, uh, the Briscoes, the Funks. Um, you can go before that to the great Malenko and Eddie Graham. And, um, you know, just so much talent came through here. Everybody wanted to come through uh, Florida. And so you got a great diversification in the styles. And um, it was a great education for me because so many wonderful guys came down and worked out with me, like Bob Backlund and, um, you know, Carl Gotch, um, uh, besides Hill, Matt Suda, Jack Briscoe, Gordon Nelson, just so many wonderful people would uh, uh, come and um, offer their time to um, mostly stretch me, but uh, <laughs> but uh, help me uh, become a better uh, a better human being. And um, because Eddie always thought that you know, a these guys have to be honest. I don't want any. Uh, feeling in the locker rooms and they have to be able to protect themselves. I don't, he would always say, I don't care if you guys get beat up by another wrestler, but you better never get your ass kicked by a monk is the way he would say, <laughs> or, a wrestling thing. And, uh, or you're fired. And so, you know, everybody had, especially the younger guys, like, uh, well, they're older than me now, but like the Steve Kerns and the Mike Grahams and um, uh, Jimmy Garvin's and those guys, they all had to, you know, know how to take care of themselves and um anyway uh that uh the culmination of all that talent and um uh, being in such a great uh climate and great uh area inexpensive no state tax brought all this talent to florida so you know i was able to uh be two-time florida uh heavyweight tag team champions uh two-time uh, Florida heavyweight champion, Southern heavyweight champion. You know, it was just a, a lot of fun, and um, it was a tremendous education. Bill, Bill Watts learned everything, just about everything he knows from Eddie Graham. Yeah. Now, obviously, most people know you as a, a tremendous tag team wrestler, but you've had a lot of success in the singles ranks as well. Did you prefer singles wrestling to tag team, or did you prefer tag team more? I probably like singles better. I mean, I enjoy tag team wrestling, and Jimmy Brunzel is a tremendous partner. Um, but um, and it's a different, you know, you have a different psychology, different style. Obviously, you know, you've got four men in the ring versus two, and um, so you have different responsibilities in a tag team uh, match and a singles match. It's mano y mano, and um, you know that's uh, that's when you can really. Um, showcase what you do and I, I i've always preferred uh, a single match with a with a good opponent and and you've had quite a few and I, one thing that fascinated me when i got to go through a lot of your match records and so on is just how many people you've been in the ring with that have just been such a huge part of wrestling history i mean like i didn't know you would wrestle wrestle bruiser brody and hansen and and some of these other guys, and you know, you tag teamed with Abdul the Butcher. I mean, just it's incredible to me when you think about it. Just how many of these people's paths you've crossed over all these years in your career? It's amazing. Uh, you know, who are some of your favorite opponents and uh, and matches that you've had over the years? And you know, what is that like? Just you know, getting to wrestle all of these amazing people in all these different places. 
Uh, it was wonderful. I mean, it's hard to say who my favorite. I would, I would absolutely in tag team wrestling say that the Hart Foundation were uh, at least my favorite opponents, and probably Jimmy's too. Um, in singles, there's so many guys that could just really perform. I mean, a guy that you don't hear about a lot is Colonel De Beers, Ed Wiskowski. Oh yeah, I remember him from the AWA. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ed one time, um, you know, being the heel, he had me in a front face lock for 15 minutes. What? In uh, a 20-minute time limit. <laughs> well, of course, I would get out of it, but he would get me back into it. And I was thinking to myself, man, this match is terrible, you know, because we got that little bit of boring for like five minutes, and he just said, shut up, kid, shut up, kid, wait, 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 shut up, kid. And do this, kid, do that. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, God, this is, oh, man, I hope the boys aren't watching this. But before before the end of the match, and, and we didn't draw, it wasn't a 20-minute time limit, but at about 19 minutes and 40-some-odd seconds, when I pinned him, the people went absolutely berserk. When I finally came out of that headlock, which they were just begging for me to do for 15, 18 minutes until I made that big comeback, I mean, they finally were getting so that Ed Wiskowski for the dirty <laughs> tricks he was doing to get me back into that headlock oh. to where he almost had me um, knocked out cold, um, you know, almost like in a sleeper type, uh, nothing left to, no no more air to the uh, brain. And uh, the people, uh, you give them a the little finger and a little bit of uh, finger action and lift that arm up and <laughs> they're right there and you jiggle and jump and fight and fight and all of a sudden bam bam and he goes to swing at me and i duck and nail him and all of a sudden it's boom boom it's like the whole uh, uh arena roof comes off and so he was a great psychologist and i learned a lot of psychology um from uh ed wiskowski but you know jimmy garv and um uh, pack song. I mean, there's. I, I could go Kabuki, the great Kabuki Bruiser Brody. Mm. Like you mentioned, Abdul the Butcher. There's a story in my book when Abdullah talked me into going to. I don't like scary movies. He talked me into going to watch this uh, movie, The Cannibal Holocaust, which you can watch <laughs> now. Uh, but if if you're not too much into scary movies, like I'm not, where you, uh, you know, you get ready for some nightmares because it, this is like a real deal thing. I, I still to this day don't know if it's real or how they did this, uh, but if you ever get a chance to watch Cannibal Holocaust, I, I, I've heard um, some, we went and some, saw that. Yeah, I've heard Abdullah, some. Go ahead. Abdullah, who in Japan was, I mean, big time, big time. Everybody was afraid of him. Well, he talks me into going to the movies and, oh, but. 40 minutes into the movie, Abdullah just hurls all over the place. Oh, <laughs> God. Flying out, hits a bunch of the Japanese people. Oh, my gosh. I could not believe he did that. And, uh, <laughs> and he, He's a big dude, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. So many experiences in the oh. business. And, uh, you know, I, I was grateful that I could, you know, put all that stuff into a book and, um, be able to share that with people now. Oh now, man! Uh, obviously, you are you're most well known for being a part of the tag team with Jim Brunzel, the Killer Bees. How did you guys decide to come together and become the Killer Bees? And how did how did that formation happen? Well, um, when I left uh, in 1984, right before WrestleMania one, I left to come back to Florida to um, be the Florida Heavyweight <laughs> Champion, and uh, Vincent Mann Senior wanted me to come back and work for the Internet Intercontinental Championship. Well, um, 
uh, Terry Balea, Hulk Hogan um, was there, obviously, um, with um, a, a great crew. And Vince was cherry-picking all the territories, getting all the talent. And um, um, he, I got a call uh, from him, and um, he said, uh, Brian, listen, um, Vince wants to talk to you. I gave him an idea because he's creating a, a – a tag team division that's going to be second to nothing you've ever seen before. And, um, you know, uh, he wants to put you with Jim Brunzel. That was my suggestion and he liked it. And I don't know if you know Jim Brunzel. And I said, well, I really don't. I heard about him in the magazines and stuff, but lo and behold, I finally said, okay, I wound up going to New York, gave my notice in Florida. Um, Went to New York, met Jimmy in Brantford, Ontario, and we didn't know what we were going to be. We just were going to be a tag team, and and what a tag team division it was back then. And um, George asked us. He said, "Listen, you guys are on," and it was less than an hour. And you got to come up with a name, a catchy name. So Jimmy and I are sitting there, and George Scott says, uh, "I'll be back in just a little bit. Whatever you guys come up with, uh, let me know." And uh, I'll take it to Vince and see what he says. And so that's a pretty daunting task to yeah. think about a, a name in you know that short of time. So I'm uh, I'm thinking, and Lanny Poffos or George the Animal Steel, uh, Macho Man, all the guy, everybody's around in this locker room, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm going uh, Blair Brunzel, Blair Brunzel, and all of a sudden in my head popped up the uh, 82 undefeated Dolphins that had that linebacker crew, Bonacani and Baumgartner, they all began with a B, so they called them the Killer Bees. Mm-hmm. And I, all of a sudden I said, well, what about the Killer Bees? And Jimmy goes, Killer Bees, I love that. And um, I said, yeah, I like that too, Jimmy. And uh, the Killer Bees, Blair Brunzel. So George Scott hadn't even left the room yet. And so to go, because he he's running all these things back and forth to Vince, and um, we asked, uh, you know, hey, George, uh, uh, we think we have something. And he comes back to us, and he says, what is it? I said, um, how about the killer bees? He goes, the killer bees, the killer bees. I like that. So he goes, just a minute. Let me go run and let me tell Vince. I'll be right back. Anyway, he comes back and goes, well, Vince loved it. You guys are now the killer bees. And and uh, Lanny Poffo goes, yeah. And, and he reaches <laughs> into this giant uh, hockey bag where he kept, I don't know, he must have had 30 different outfits in there. And he pulls out a pair of bee trunks. No um, way. <laughs> yes. He pulls out. A, he actually happens to have two pairs of these bee trunks. And so Jimmy and I said, hey, Leap Stewart. Can we buy those trunks from you? And I don't remember if we paid for them or what, or if he gave them to us or whatever. That we just used them for the night, but that was uh, how the killer bees were born. He was a genius, wasn't he? Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he still is. <laughs> oh my God, that is terrific! Of course, we're on with B. Brian Blair here on the Mark Hoke Show. I'm Mark Hoke along with Andrew Fish Fain, and boy, I'll tell you, the, all these stories, by the way, available on in Brian's book. Truth be told. Truth be told. Yes. B-E-E. Yes. <laughs> go get it. And I, I think I'm going to... I was going to go get it anyway, but I think I'm just going to do it right after the show. Stop it, fish. My God. <laughs> oh, do you see what I have to put up with, Brian? This is unbelievable. 
See, I'm like his tag Tony's team partner. To, he's not trying to cut your toenails again, is he? No. <laughs> no, thank God, no. Oh. Oh, but, but I will say this, and I, and I don't want to dig too far into you know, the the whole situation with you guys not winning the titles. But yeah, I will, That was annoying to me. But I will say this. You guys were so incredible and so over. I know when I was a, a fan, I, I loved watching you guys wrestle, and you should have been the champs at some point. You know, was, well, we were, we were promised the belt on three different occasions. Besides the first time that lured us in there, we were promised to be the champions. Uh, I wasn't going to go unless we had the deal that we were going to become the champions. And so that was promised then and then three other times. But it was and, – and Jimmy will be the first one to tell you this. Him and Vince were like oil and water. And I didn't even realize that Jimmy had sued Vince before I got there and won – he had gotten fired by George Scott, our booker, and um, um, not because of the quality of his work, but for some other reason. So there was animosity there. And I'll never forget when uh, merchandise started getting hot and Vince comes out with this Killer B t-shirt and he's all excited. I mean, Vince is so excited and he He's got it behind his back, and all of a sudden he says, guys, guys, get ready, get ready. You're going to love this. And he pulls out this new Killer B t-shirt, and naturally, you know, I'm, I see Vince's emotion, and I, as soon as he pulls it out, I, you know, I said, whoa, man, this is awesome. Wow, this is really great. I mean, I was so excited, and Jimmy goes, what the hell is that? Jeez, oh, I could just see Vince's face drop. <laughs> you know, just like, oh. oh man, it was just things like that. You know, just um, uh, George would say something, and he'd say the other thing to him, and uh, it just kept on and kept on. And we were the hottest tag team on the planet at one time. I mean, we we had won the Frank Tunney tournament, uh, the Jack Tunney tournament. We mm-hmm. had uh, won the Survivor Series. I mean, we had done. You know, we were just prime, ripe for the belts. We couldn't even turn heel. I mean, it was just perfect. But for some reason, the you know the powers that be there, and of course they're the ones that put the belts on you or take. Not like you win them in a shoot. Um, so uh, for some reason, uh, you know, they just uh, they never gave the belts to us. But you know, we had to go to. Uh, Herb Abrams UWF promotion to become the world uh, heavyweight tag team champions. What was that like, by the way? <laughs> We've seen all those crazy stories. Just real quick, what, what did you think about the? Uh, what, what was that like being in part of that UWF with Herb Abrams? Oh, that was Joe. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the dark side of the. I, I sure absolutely did. did. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of have a little understanding from that. But you know, Herb was Mister Electricity. You know, all he thought about was. You know, prostitutes and cocaine, and uh, you know, just hookers and cocaine, and um, uh, you can't do business like that, guys. You know that. Um, well, fish does. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> maybe after work. I mean, exactly. Right. Thank right. you. Uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, when you got to run a, a business uh, with a lot of different personalities and a lot of moving parts, like the wrestling industry, uh, you have to be focused. Uh, and you have to be laser sharp, and you have to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you are. How many WrestleManias did you actually get to be a part of? WrestleMania two, WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, and then I gave my notice in Salisbury, Maryland, um, 
I never got fired. I gave my notice to Vince in Salisbury, Maryland before WrestleMania five, which I would have been in. So four and uh, or two, three, and four, and um, then the uh, Survivor Series. We had lots of uh, the big event in Toronto. We had uh, like sixty-five, sixty-eight thousand people um, at A and E Stadium. You know, um, but um, you know, I was on. We were on the uh, first. Um, uh, not only the first Survivor Series, um, we were on the first Royal Rumble, uh, you know, all that stuff. So it was it was great. No matter no matter belts or no belts, um, certainly. I, and we even have action figures. They put the belts in the action figures. Oh, ouch! Wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, you know those those action figures are worth a lot of money right now. They're all worth money, but anyway. Um, um, so, you know, they, everybody knew we were winning the belts and it, for some reason, I don't know, it, it wasn't because of the lack of effort or the lack of being over. It was because of, um, uh, politics as, as usual. Now everyone talks about having a WrestleMania moment. Do you have a favorite WrestleMania moment that you were in? And the other, and the follow-up to that also is in WrestleMania three at, at the, the silver dome. How amazing was it to be in front of all of those people in that, in that huge, huge arena? Well, Andrew, that kind of, uh, coincides because that was probably my favorite moment. WrestleMania, WrestleMania moment was, when we were in a modified golf cart in a pair of modified underwear being wheeled out in front of 92,000 people, it was like something I can't even describe. Um, you could have, you could have cut the electricity. I mean, the aura, the atmosphere with a knife, it was just absolutely incredible. And I had, goosebumps from the tip of my toes to you know the top of my scalp and i just uh looking around so it was like a sea of heads and people and it was it was absolutely amazing absolutely amazing and that would be my wrestlemania moment and right before that was kind of cute uh shane shane mcmahon came up to me and was telling me how good my body looked for some reason that day. And he goes, my sister likes you. And I, <laughs> you know, Stephanie's like 10 years old. And I said, oh, okay, Shane, that's nice. I like her to tell her she's really, really cute. And uh, <laughs> you know, was, I'll never forget those little, the little things, you know, that, that make the events, little things that make it special. Boy, you shouldn't have made a move on that. It turned out that was a pretty good gig. Yeah, Triple, Triple H <laughs> knew what he was doing. Yeah, well, that's prison time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That that back then, yes, that is true. Uh, and yeah. and of course, uh, we gotta we gotta get close to wrapping up. Unfortunately, because I think we could do this for hours and hours. Absolutely. But I want to make sure that we get to talk about the 56th annual Cauliflower Alley Club reunion coming up. Brian, of course, you're the president of the organization now. Tell everybody a little bit about what Cauliflower Alley, Alley Club does and what's going to be going on at the reunion at the Plaza. Coming up on the 26th through the 28th. Absolutely, Mark. And it's, uh, first off, the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, was established in 1965. This will be our 56th reunion rather than our 57th because we missed one from, for COVID. But uh, the Cauliflower Alley Club is a nonprofit 501c3, and we raise money to help 
anybody that worked in the professional wrestling industry, supported themselves in the industry for three years or longer. And sometimes we do make exceptions to that. That's totally up to the board. But we give away hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and, you know, people, a lot of people made millions of dollars in this business, millions of dollars that fall on hard times. And we don't mention the people's names that we help, but a few that, you know, want us to, that gave us permission to, and just uh, sang the Cauliflower Alley Club's praises were people like uh, Kamala, who we saved his mm-hmm. house from yep. being repossessed. Um, remember that. Mr. Wonderful, we saved his house. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, needed men- medical expense money. Uh, Brickhouse Brown needed chemotherapy. Uh, Coco Beware needed a uh, recently needed a, uh, I believe it was a, a knee operation and didn't have insurance. Um, things like this happened to the guys, um, you know, poor planning or, or uh, disease, divorces, whatever the case may be, as long as it's not drug or alcohol related. Um, of course, if, if it is and you work for the WWE, they will send you to rehab at no charge. But uh, we help uh, people with all these different issues and people that worked in the business, whether you were a referee, whether you were an announcer, uh, and, uh, you know, of course, the talent. And um, we get together and um, not only through membership, you can join the CAC. Uh, This year is the last, starting January 1st, all the rates go up, but for $25 a year and you get four award-winning newsletters uh, with that $25 that come to you every quarter, um, uh, that's a tremendous deal. About $12 and 50 cents of that goes to the actual cause because again, we all work for free. Nobody, I pay my own, uh, reunion. I have to buy my own reunion ticket for $150. You know, I have to get pay my airfare. And only thing I get is an upgraded room because I, um, entertain a lot of the honorees, but, um, We're there at the Plaza Hotel and Casino from uh, September 26th through the 28th, just coming up a little over a week from now. And uh, we've got Memphis Mania Night. Uh, We've got Jerry the King Lawler. Um, We have Jacqueline. Um, We have um, uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich, Um, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, We have... um, uh, Christine Teeny Jarrett being honored posthumously, so Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett will be there. Um, we we have um, the uh, Surprise Courage Award, which uh, gets over really well every year. We have a James C. Melby Historian Award, and um, you know then on Wednesday we've got uh, JBL Bradshaw. Um, We've got uh, a referee award, Charlie Smith referee award, which is Billy Silverman, um, Kevin Sullivan men's wrestling award. We have um, uh, Conan, the Lucha Libra award, Charles Ashinoff, um, uh, Madison Miles with the Rising Star award. Uh, you know, there's going to be a, a ton of people. They have presenters like Doug Gilbert, Haku, uh, James Beard. Um, we have tremendous singers that open up with the. Uh, national anthem for not only the usa but for canada and uh, we have a lot of canadian members we have members from all around the world but um it's a it's a wonderful time it's a wonderful event we have seminars and for 150 dollars and we have 39 dollar a night rooms on monday <clears throat> tuesday and wednesday um plus taxes and fees whatever that 
<laughs> you know, they have taxes and fees and everything. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's it's a great time, guys. Uh, the uh, people uh, selling merchandise and uh, you know, uh, nostalgia rooms of the uh, belt raffle, which gets over every year. We have a customized, one of a kind, custom belt um, that gets raffled off. And um, we have uh, Medusa and John Arezzi and Jimmy Hart as our MCs this year. It's, wow. It's, it's going to be a great time. Mark, you and I have to go down there. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, th- there's no question. We're going. I, we're going as a tag I mean, team. We, we know the president, too. Yeah. We, we we have an in. <laughs> you have an in. The only the only uh, requirements for anybody and everybody, including all the volunteers that work so hard all year long, is you have to be a member of the CAC, which you can join again for twenty five dollars by going to cauliflowerallyclub dot org, cauliflowerallyclub dot org, and you can also um, get refreshed on everything I just mentioned and um, you can uh, join there for uh, like I said $25 for a year $300 for a lifetime or and and then you'll need a banquet ticket and that covers everything from the seminars to the unions the great food that we serve uh, that's all included for 150 bucks a person you can't beat that no, wow. it sounds absolutely incredible yeah this is going to be a great event and we are very lucky to have it in Las Vegas and I have to say this. We were very lucky to have Brian Blair on the show. This Absolutely. is awesome. And, Brian, we got to do this again because we could we could probably talk for days. I mean, this this is such an honor and a thrill for me and Fish, I, I can tell you that, and uh, as a longtime fan. And I want to really thank you for coming on the show and uh, you know taking some time to spend with us here on the Mark Hoke Show. Hey, it was my pleasure. It's uh, truly an honor. I appreciate you having me on. And you guys are very entertaining. You ask great questions. And just keep up the great work. And I look forward to meeting you guys in person. All right. right. Me too. I just love being regaled by the old stories. So it's awesome. It's heaven for me. My stack of personal illustrated. Come to the event. I mean, it is addicting. But uh, thank you, guys. Uh, Mark Hoke Show, I mean, we're... Fish, you guys are awesome, man. Keep on buzzing, and uh, if they get out of line, sting them one time for me. You got but, it. Uh, I'll see you guys soon. All right. Brian, thank you so much. Take care. We Be safe, it. my friend. Thank you, guys. God bless you and your wonderful audience. Thank you. Wow. That was fun. That was the Brian Blair, oh, baby. man. I'll tell you what. That was awesome. It really was. That was great. Hey, well, we're running behind our commercial break. We'll we'll talk about the interview when we come back and much more. All right. So, guys, just hang around. Wow, that was fun. I I was thrilled. Man. More of the Mark Hoke Show coming up here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. The talk of Las Vegas. Stop the buzzing. People are going to think something's wrong with the radio. Fish. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. When it comes to having the right attorney in your corner, you want to have a proven winner on your side. And Russell Dutch Boyd of VegasCouncil.com knows how to win in Las Vegas. Boyd graduated at 18 years old from law school and is also a three-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner. And no matter what legal challenges you're facing, Boyd will help you through it all. As a litigation attorney, he covers multiple areas of law, including personal injury, business law and startup, cyber law, and crypto clients, and whatever else you might need to navigate the legal waters of Las Vegas and beyond. 
Just visit VegasCouncil.com to set up your free initial consultation today. That's VegasCounsel.com and let Dutch Boyd help you win today. Once again, that's Russell Boyd at VegasCouncil.com. I'm Mark Hoke, and I've got to tell you about the incredible Family Soul Restaurant. They're the only soul food restaurant in Northwest Las Vegas, and simply put, they're the best in the city. Dan and his family have always treated me like I was a part of theirs every time we come in, and we never leave hungry. Start off with the amazing appetizers like their mac and cheese crab balls, crispy wings, and Dan's soul rolls. Then dive into Family Soul's dinners with homemade catfish, hot links, and fried chicken with all the amazing sides you could ever want and finish it off with homemade peach cobbler and banana pudding. Plus, they're now open for breakfast Friday through Sunday, too. So head on over to Family Soul Restaurant right now at 2300 North Rainbow Boulevard, Suite 108, just off the Lake Mead and Cheyenne exits of I-95. Check them out at FamilySoulRestaurant.com or call 725-205-5085 for hours in their menu. Mention KDWN and get the People's Choice Special of Catfish, Yams, and Greens for just $15.99. It's food for the soul and the family, Family Soul Restaurant. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. All right, and we are back on The Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN. 1015 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. I'm Mark Hoke. Along with Andrew Fish Fane. Fish got a couple bookkeeping things got to do, and then we'll talk about our appearance with B. Brian Blair. Uh, first, got to make sure we ma- mention VegasCouncil.com. My good friend Dutch Boyd, three times, three times series, World Series poker bracelet winner, is a terrific attorney too. Graduated from law school when he was 18 years old, and he can help you guys out, I promise. Business law, intellectual property, uh, personal injury, crypto law, and whatever else you need. All you got to do is go to Vegas Council. That's C O U N S E L dot com. He's going to do a free consultation because, well, he likes me. So check it out at VegasCouncil.com. And we want to remind you, we were talking about this betting odds on betonline.ag. You can bet on wrestling along with pretty much anything else. They actually have the betting odds up right now for the Arthur Ash Show and the Royal Rumble. All you got to do is go to MarkHokeShow.com and click on one of those links either on our front page or the sponsor page, and you get that 50% up to $1,000 sign-up bonus, which is awesome. So head on over there, click on the link, put in the code, and you can bet on some wrestling. So Who do they have go. as the favorite to win the Royal Rumble? I think it's still Cody Rhodes, if I remember right. That sounds, sounds about right. I, I think so. You're asking me a question I wasn't ready for, but that's okay. Hey, you brought up the Royal Rumble. I didn't. I Well... You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, Cody it, Rhodes is currently the favorite at minus 115. The Rock is second at 550. And actually, Roman Reigns is a plus 1,200 to, to win the Royal Rumble. Well, if Reigns loses the belt, that's the way you get it back on him. I guess you could have Rock win the belt. But you don't need Rock to win the Royal Rumble to face Reigns at I, WrestleMania. I know that, Fish. Although, if he's the only champion, he has to because if someone else wins it, then that person has to face Reigns. There you go. All sorts of crazy stuff going on WWE and AEW, that big Arthur Ashe show this week. But I, I want to just mention a couple things, too, you know, with, with Brian. Uh, you know, first, one, once again, want to thank him for coming on the show. What, what a great guy. What? You can see why he's running 
the Cauliflower Alley oh, absolutely. Club. I mean, you could just hear in his voice that the not only being genuine, but just the, the the happiness he when he reflects on his life in the wrestling industry. Yeah, and geez, we could have we could have done that forever. But you know, I just want to tell everybody once again, the event is coming up at the Plaza, and like he said, all you got to do is get a membership. It's twenty five bucks a year, and I think. Fish and I will be taking care of that pretty shortly. The the on, only on question I have about the entire interview uh-huh. is why the hell did Lanny Poffo have two pairs of bee <laughs> trunks in his bag? I don't know. You never know. The, look, you know, the Poffo family had been around for a really long time. Absolutely. Randy was his brother and Angelo, the dad, uh, ran the other one of the promotions in Memphis. And... You know, they, they he knew what you needed. Yeah, but I mean, but B. Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Branzell weren't even a tag team yet. They had just been put together right then and there on the spot. Hey, it's Leaping Lanny. It's well, the professor. We'll we'll ask him sometime about that. Whole we point. need to because that I love that story, and I got to find out what the hell he was doing with not one but two pairs of B tights. Yeah. So. If you want to go to this event, like I said, it's uh, go to caulifloweralleyclub.org, and that's where you get tickets. And also, if you can take a second to make a donation, I mean, these are you know, like some of the names that he mentioned that they've helped. Kamala yeah. is a story that I knew very well, obviously. Yeah, he, he had a lot of health issues and other issues, too. These are the people that we cheered on and rooted for, and sometimes they do need help. I mean, for those that, you know, now they're making a ton of money, but back then it was... Show up. Here's your hundred bucks, and off to the to next you. place. Yeah. You know, so it's a it's been an organization in place for a really long time, and you need to, if you can, and you're a wrestling fan, give them your support. Either get a membership or just you know go on there and make a quick donation. Give them five or ten bucks, whatever you want to do. Every yeah. little bit helps. Yep. And of course, uh, don't forget uh, uh, B. Brian Blair's autobiography, Truth Be Told. It came out last year and it's about, a, I think, 478 pages. And if it's anything like the stories he just told. It's well worth it. Oh, my God. It I'm, will be a page turner, so oh, to speak. I'm getting that book. I am getting that book. I was going like to get it anyway, but now I'm super motivated. That's that's going to be in the library. So there you go. Pretty, it has to be. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's, but Maybe it, but, he explains why Leaping Lanny Poffo had two pairs of B-tights in his bag. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wonder about that for the rest of my life now until I talk to Lanny Poffo. <laughs> we'll we'll get it worked out, Fish. We'll, Please we'll, do we'll, because that's gonna bother me. We will reach out to a, the that, bouncy one. That, that's a very random thing to have. It is. It's but, not like it was. Oh that, yeah, I got a but pair. But the thing is, that's I got two prom- pairs of blue tights or something. It's B-striped. That that's a promoter's son, though. That is a promoter's son. You know, as a wrestling, an old-time wrestling promoter. Can you imagine the stuff that they had around? The things that they think, oh, well, we might need this. Hey, we might need that. Well, you, you, you know, know you've, you've seen that, and you, you, they're all worth something. You've seen that show on A&E when their WWE is looking for, like, Ric Flair's butterfly robe that he wore. It right. was like ten grand, 25 Was, was they go for 25 25 Yeah, I mean, this stuff's worth a lot. Yeah, so <laughs> it's unbelievable. But once again, thanks to B. Brian Blair for coming on the show and, and – uh, Hopefully, we'll get to meet him down at the plaza. Fish. That is a sound like static. 
It's a bee Don't buzz. You, but it sounds like static to the people listening to us on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the See, talk of Las Vegas, and KDWN.com around the world. I led you into that, except for apparently in Saskatchewan. There, You know, the funny part is the, about that, there's some unknowns that are coming in. It says unknown. So I'm going to assume they're Saskatchewan, and we're going to give them the credit. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, and and thanks again to everybody that's been listening to us around the world. We really do appreciate it. Saskatchewan. Stop it. (laughs) Andrew Fish Fane, everybody. What a spudhead. There you go. There's a Larry Zabisco reference. (laughs) Spudhead? Yeah, but... uh, You remember that? Yeah, but I wonder if Lanny Poffo had spudhead tights in his bag. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Yeah, but, but Brian and Larry did a lot of work later in his career, too. Um, after you know the AWA days and so on, and and actually, did you know that Brian, when he was in the AWA, AWA wrestled Larry for the AWA championship? I did not know that. I did know that Larry Zabisco and Bruno San Martino had some incredible matches. Oh man, I mean, like I said, that's something we could, good lord, go over for hours and hours. But but like I said, it's really interesting the the history that Brian has been around and how much he's seen and. You know, wrestled in almost all the territories and New Japan and everywhere else. I mean, I just... will say this: I also didn't know that the Florida training school was called the Dungeon. The only dungeon I thought of was Stu Hart's Dungeon. Well, he was trained by Matsuda, by the way, which means he was put through a lot of pain. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that was... yeah, I mean, you you heard it. the only three people that survived the school out of the hundred were him, Hulk Hogan, and Paul Orndorff. Well, and that's what you know. That's what a lot of them did because and. I've heard, oh, God, who's the, there was another story that I heard, oh, for The Undertaker, if I remember right, where, and, I, and I'm and i I'm blanking who he trained with, but they would just bring him in and try to kill him the first couple of days and get him out, so they got their money and yeah, so you weed they never out, came Yeah, so you back. weed out the week. Yeah, so you, yeah, weed out the week, for some it was more like, oh, weed them out so the money they paid us, we don't actually have to keep training yeah. them, but that's another right. story. <laughs> as long as the check clears. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. But you know, I just I just remember some of those matches so fondly with with Brian and Jim. And, and he, he mentioned it, the Heart Foundation, the, the 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 Killer Bees and the Heart Foundation, when the Heart Foundation were heels, was just some amazing stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know, he actually named his late son after Brett. So I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, those those guys really cared about each other a lot, and you know, and Brett has said that you know those guys were the favorite is the favorite people he had to wrestle. So pretty cool stuff. Oh, we could go old school all day yeah, long. Yeah, and, and and your buddy Jimmy Hart's going to be there at this this uh, cauliflower hour reunion. Yeah, and you know, and that was that was a funny story. When I met Jimmy, I was down in Daytona Beach covering a poker event, and I had known that Jimmy had that bar at the at one of the hotels, and I'm like, I've got to go, I've got to go. And I went over and was there for a little bit, looking out, checking out the memorabilia, and then they said, hey. You know, Jimmy's going to be here tonight, and I had the night free. I'm like, I'm there. I am there. And I actually got to watch an episode of Monday Night Raw with Jimmy Hart. That must have been very cool. Oh, man. And it's just, it was just so much fun just tapping into the knowledge of him and saying, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, and, and I still remember. And it's something, and it's funny because my program director here, Steve Hoffman, said one of the exact same things that Jimmy said. Be different. Stand out. Oh, I thought maybe something he yelled through a megaphone. No, no, he wasn't yelling. <laughs> like, you suck. But, but really nice guy, and and a lot of people in professional wrestling are. It's uh, 
know, it's fun getting more involved in the community. So. It's, it's especially cool when someone, I mean, Jimmy Hart turned out to be a face manager, but he was a heel for so long. When someone who is a heel is actually a nice guy, it's just so bizarre, the dichotomy. Yeah. It, it is, but it, what a you know, great guy. And, and so this should be a lot of fun down at the plaza on the 26th through the 20th. Yeah, I didn't realize Haku's going to be there, you know. <sighs> If, if you're ever in trouble, that's the guy you want oh with, on your side. Him and Harley Race. Do you realize the stories? If if you ever look up the stories about Haku, and to a person, there I don't know if any wrestler has ever said the toughest wrestler is and not said Haku. I, I think Harley Race was the other one. He was brutal. But yeah, there's a great story about Chris Jericho and Haku running through the airport in Mexico and getting stopped and just. Them beating up all the cops. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Because that's Haku. Oh, yeah. That man would... Would rip your nose off. <laughs> literally. Literally. It was done. Yeah, fascinating stuff. I mean, that that's the fun part about professional wrestling is... There are so many amazing personalities in it. And it's you know it's why we do the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just because of you know we're we're talking about matches and things like that. It, it, it's fun to watch, but these these men and women are such incredible and, people. I, I'll be honest. With I you, mean, there's bad ones too. I mean, no, don't get me and, wrong. And that's but. part of what's so disheartening about the situation that happened in AEW with, with the fight and everything, because that gives a black eye to the personalities and the people that we love. Well, and you know, it's funny, but, you know, in, in any sport, any genre of entertainment, you always will have some bad things happen, but at the same time, the industry goes on. Yes, it does. And, and and what matters isn't the bad thing that happens, it's how you pull out of it. Right. And I'm looking forward to AEW pulling out of it this week. Should be a fun Arthur Ashe show. Hey, thank you for joining us here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 a.m. Andrew Fishfane, I'm Mark Hoke. Don't forget, download those podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com. Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. And guys, we will see you next week. Have a great Sunday, Las Vegas. Thanks to B. Brian Blair for joining us. We'll see you next time. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show. And download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening.